Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 408 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's show is a defining diabetes episode. Jenny Smith and I are going to talk about insulin sensitivity factor, also known as correction factor. This episode is part of the Defining Diabetes series. Actually, at the very beginning of this, I'll go through all of the other definitions that Jenny and I have done together, but you can go find them in your podcast player. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. My friend Jenny Smith has had type 1 diabetes since she was a child, I think for over 31 years now. Jenny holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. There are very few people I ask type 1 diabetes questions of. Jenny is at the top of that list. The Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump, Gvoke Hypopen, and Touched by Type 1. You can find out more about all of the sponsors right there in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. My cat might come and visit here. Cool. um, Oh, how come we've never seen your cat before? Do you want to see my kitty cat? Her or him? It's, this one's a girl. We've got two. Oh. Um, so this is Lucille. And Hi, Lucille. the other one is Buster. I don't know if you're a fan of Arrested Development. I know the show um, very well. But, yeah, um, that's yeah, where the Lucille names are from. Lucille and Buster. One of our um, license plates is Gobias, and the other one is Anyang. Mm. <laughs> We've already... We've done a lot. We have. We've done... Left. Ready? We've done bolus, time and range, basil, honeymooning, standard deviation, non-compliant, algorithm, extended bolus, pre-bolus, trust will happen, glycemic load and index, stop the arrows, insulin resistance and over-bolus, brittle diabetes, low before high, ketones, bump and nudge, rage bolus, compression lows and interstitial fluid. Oh my gosh, we've been doing this a long time. Fat and protein rise, feeding insulin, dawn phenomenon, feet on floor, and the smoggy effect. So that was the last one we did. Yeah, yeah, we did feet on floor, smoggy, and dawn phenomenon, like kind of all at the same time. So good question. What is left? Um, I think more than I thought, actually, because I get to watch people talk about it online. I keep getting mm-hmm. notes from people who say that these, like, I think of the defi- the defining diabetes series as like this nice little like addition to the show. But right. for a lot of newly diagnosed people, they start with that. Because they're getting so many terms thrown at them, they don't know what they are. Um, So there's some that I'm going to admit I don't completely get all the time. Like I know how to use them in practice, but not theory. So I want to start with insulin sensitivity factor. Oh, that's a good one. But I want to I want to talk about it like in every way. Like how do people think of it? MDI pumping algorithm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. So so. If if I come into your, I, if a person gets diagnosed and they show up in the 
in the in your your office and you're like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna set your insulin sensitivity factor at how do you get to that number what is it and why is it yeah i I mean insulin sensitivity factor and to clarify for some like both on omnipod as well as on tandem in the pump now it is called correction factor okay so if you want to think about that i think it's a little bit more it's a little clearer what the term kind of implies insulin sensitivity factor correction factor they're essentially both the same mm-hmm. what it means is how many points or how many milligrams per deciliter or if you're using millimoles the same one unit of insulin will adjust your blood sugar down by so let's say right now you started at a blood sugar of 180 and your isf or insulin sensitivity factor is 80 Mm-hmm. And you wanted to get your blood sugar to a target of 100. I one unit. unit will drop you 80 points to get you to 100. Okay, so it's okay. it's so I think of it as correction factor. I guess it is interestingly Same enough. Thing. Yes. Okay, but in honesty, if my blood sugar is well, by the way, I have to. I, I'm just doing that theory. I go if my, and then people are like, "You don't have diabetes." I'm like, "I, I know." If a person's blood sugar is 180 <laughs> in your, your scenario, and you want to get it to 100, your correction, you know, your correction factors, you know, one unit per 80. Obviously, a unit should move you to 100. But should is the um, right. word there. <laughs> well, what if my blood sugar's 280? Mm-hmm. Now the same correction factor isn't going to work the same way. Often. What most people find is that over about a blood sugar of 250, which is also where your pump starts reminding you if you are a pumper and or even if you're using MDI, you're often told if your blood sugar is above 250, check your ketones, mm-hmm. right? So above that 250 mark, it seems we kind of get like this sticky momentum of insulin. It doesn't quite work as it does when your blood sugar is high, but not yet 250 or above. So it's a good question because a lot of people get really, really irritated. I'm taking what I usually take and last night it worked totally fine. And last night my blood sugar got high and it didn't work at all. Well, I mean, outside of any other variable to consider, let's say it's truly just the same scenario. Maybe blood sugar one night was 189 and the next night it was 297. Yeah. Right. So it does take a little bit more insulin to move your blood sugar when it's higher than that about 250 mark. And I think something else in the picture there is you have to consider the deficit of insulin and maybe how long that deficit has been going on. Mm -hmm. Like how much is really missing? Yes. One unit again, in our example should move your blood sugar by 80 points. But if you've been sitting at a 250 plus blood sugar for several hours, you're at a pretty significant deficit of insulin, almost like a glucose toxic setting, yeah, if you will. Right. Um, and so it's going to take a little bit more insulin as well as, at, you know, we've talked about it before. I think we had either part of an episode or whatnot all about hydration. Mm. I think it was in the CGM one, right? Right. Um, so hydration is key there too. So if you're not moving stuff around, your insulin isn't going to circulate or get moved and get it working as well as it should either. So is an is an insulin sensitivity or correction factor first of all it's a it's a guess more than anything, right? Like you try it, like the doctor sets it up for you, it works or it doesn't, they turn it up or down. So it's a guess to begin with that you dial in over time that really is 
a measurement when there are no other influences impacting? That's an, yeah, in a roundabout way, yes. Okay. I mean, the doctor does use a formula to give you a starting place for that insulin sensitivity factor. Um, most doctors use they they use what's called the 1800 rule. I'm sure you've probably heard of that mm -hmm. before. Essentially take your baseline insulin, your basal insulin, and you add that dose to the amount of bolus insulin you use on average for a couple of days. Okay. And then you divide that number into 1800. And that is supposed to give you a relative idea of what your sensitivity to insulin is or or will be, meaning one unit should drop you about this many points. So let's say your ISF is 60, you divide that into 1800, right? Um, so 30 is that kind of outcome. I like my way better. <laughs> your way is, your, I, I kind of think your way is sort of like, it's adding precision to it, right? right. And I think it also adds into... I mean, you've had uh, Kenny on mm -hmm. quite a bit, right? Yeah. And he does a lot with ISF. Right. And it, it, correctly, too, um, because really, if you look at ISF, a lot of people also have one ISF that runs midnight to midnight. Mm -hmm. They use the same darn number all day long. Now, I can tell you from personal, that does not fit the bill. I have several ISF that run through the course of the day dependent on what I've seen in that time of day when I've only corrected blood sugar again, Nothing without else. like multiple variables in the picture. And I know that this works here and this works better here. Yeah. So while the math of 1800 rule figures out to one stable number, right. That's not going to really hit it. Yeah. I, to me too, the, the, the setting of it, setting up of it is takes so much time because of the process. You're in like, see the doctor, try it. They'll look at some stuff three months later. If you're lucky, we'll adjust it again. You know, it's just that feels untenable, the distance of time. And the way I think of it is like, try this, see what happens, then just move it until it's right and then stop. And I know that's, I don't know why that's scary for people. I'm not like, I'm not saying like, hey, the doctor said, you know, you're one to 50, try one to one. You, you know, I'm not saying go crazy. <laughs> like I'm saying, you know, if he says one to 50 and you're like, that's not working, make it one to 45 and see right. what happens then, you know, and, and keep going. But you brought Kenny up who comes on to talk about algorithm pumping a lot. Uh, and he's actually going to record with me next month again. Yay. But so when you're using it in a in an algorithm, like in a loop or something like that, mm -hmm. like I think Arden's right now is like one to forty three. I think mm -hmm. like one unit moves are about forty three, um, and it can move around. It does to be perfectly honest. Now that Arden's getting older, I can tell you Arden is three different people with diabetes every month. She's the she's the having her period person. She's the about to have her period person. Yeah. And she's the ovulating person. Like there's three yeah. different like people she is. Um, and her insulin sensitivity moves from about 42 to 45 or 46, depending on which week we're in. And all I do is watch a trend. If she starts trending up, I make her sensitivity stronger. If she starts trending down, I take it back a little bit. That's pretty much yeah. it, you know, and, um, and move her basal a little bit in that time as well. Um, usually pretty commiserate with the insulin sensitivity. If the insulin says, yep. you know, if it's getting stronger, the basal is getting stronger, vice versa. Correct. Um, 
I think one other thing to comment on that too is as you bring up like the doctor adjustments, it's that ISF I've seen over and over is one of the pieces of insulin dosing that gets adjusted the least with the least frequency. Hmm. Most people play with their basils often kind of incorrectly because they're not quite sure what's wrong. They know that they need more, but they just add it in one place that they can think of to do it first. Okay. And then they may play with their insulin to carb ratio. Mm-hmm. And ISF is sort of like the last thought of. And unfortunately, like you just mentioned, if basils are going up because it's that time of the month, right. likely the other factors need to be adjusted along with that because there's a resistance factor there that if you only dial in a basal adjustment, yeah. it's not really going to hit the need across the board. Well, so you're making me feel like that's how I see people end up with these basils that are, it's funny, people's basils are either way too weak and they over um, compensate with their meal insulin and then they bounce around or their basils are way too strong and they're like, oh, my insulin, my, for food, I barely use anything. It's because yeah. you, like, it's because if they were to skip a meal, they drop dead because their basil is so strong, right? That it, it, well, that is interesting, isn't it? Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I can tell you kind of along the same lines is um, I have and have for a long time and was kind of like a peeve of mine, honestly, in Tandem's Pump you can have a basal profile that dials in not only the basal, but also the insulin to carb and the ISF that work with that basal profile. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is enable that profile. And now you've got the insulin to carb and the sensitivity factor that work with it. So like for a woman with her period or whatnot, you've figured out that you need an insulin to carb of eight instead of 10. Great. That's in the profile. You need an ISF of something like 40 versus 50. That's in the profile. So all you do is enable it and it turns on. Mm The other pumps don't do that. You physically have to, even though if you might've figured out you need more basal for that time period, you might enable it. But if you haven't changed your insulin to carb or your sensitivity factor, which you physically have to manually go in, mm-hmm. have remembered or made a note of, oh, yep, I remember I used an eight last month and that worked a heck of a lot better than a 10. Right. Well, now I have to change it every single month. I have to change it. Yeah. Now, listen, having it, would definitely profiles are important. I think they really are to get them set up so that you can jump from one to another more seamlessly because I lose track sometimes too. You know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, what was it? 43 or 42 last time this happened or, you know, but yeah, at the same time, like I, I, I move everything together. Like I think of it as like, if I'm going to send a soldier and I send them all in, you know, it's, it's charged, not you go first, then we'll see what happens. Like, and that way, by the way, you don't have to send as many, (laughs) you know, so you just, a great example, a little more bolus, a little more basil, a little more factor, everybody just turn it up a little bit, you know, and how far, I don't know, like people would need to play with it for themselves to figure it out, but right. Okay. Um, and what I do notice well, you know what, I'm going to, I'll, I'll bring this up. I'll bring it up with Kenny because I I am going to let Kenny like go on and really discuss his ideas about, you know, one basal rate and then, you know, working off of that, which like you said, doesn't, it doesn't work for you and it it doesn't work for Arden exactly. But I think for younger people, it works, it can work really well. Better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm, I, I definitely believe in that, what I said a minute ago, that people get their basils jacked up so high, they think they don't need anything for food. They don't realize that they're just, they're carpet bombing their entire 24 hours with basil and it's way too much. All right. Thank you. 
You can check out the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor at dexcom.com forward slash juice box. <clears throat> Get a free no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump at myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Learn more about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter at contournext.com forward slash juice box. Don't forget to check out gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. And of course, touchedbytype1.org. Support the sponsors, support the show. Jenny Smith works at Integrated Diabetes. And you can find out more about what she does at integrateddiabetes.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if you hold on one more second, I have just a couple more things to say. If you'd like to hear more from Jenny and myself on management of type 1 diabetes, you should check out the Pro Tip episodes. They begin at episode 210 in your podcast player, or you can find every one of them at diabetesprotip.com. Same thing about these Defining Diabetes episodes. Just search in your podcast player for Defining Diabetes. Do you have a great doctor, or would you like to share one with someone else? Juiceboxdocs.com is an ever-growing list of diabetes medical professionals that have been sent in by listeners just like you. Thank you so much for listening to the Juicebox Podcast. There will be another episode this week. I hope you're well. Enjoying the show? Please consider sharing it with someone else, leaving a wonderful rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and hitting that subscribe button wherever you're listening.